Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Lisa Bellapato, and I'm so happy to be here with you all this evening uh, to kick off our November Catholic Evangelization Organization event. So we're excited that you're with us. It's nice to uh, see a crowd that decided to brave the cold this evening. So I'm still in a little bit of shock from our 80 degree weather we had and then dropped off into the 40s yesterday. So thank you all for, for being with us tonight. And if we have any visitors here to St. Margaret Mary, we'd like to welcome you as well. And we hope that you uh, feel very at home here in our parish uh, at this event this evening. And to everyone, we always appreciate, we know that uh, life is busy and there's a lot going on, especially this time of the year as we get close to holidays. So we do appreciate that you all have taken time from your busy schedules to be here with us and to, uh, and to support this great uh, event that we have this evening. So a few uh, housekeeping items before we get started. Just a, a gentle reminder, if you have a cell phone, please turn that off or on silent. It'll just make the evening a little more enjoyable for everyone. Uh, our format tonight, as uh, always, if you've been with us, we uh, start with a speaker here in the church, and then we follow with fellowship in the hospitality room. And of course, we have some nice uh, refreshments to go with that, because fellowship is always a little bit more fun when we have uh, some food involved in that. So if you haven't joined us before for a CEO event, I'd like to tell you a little bit of the purpose of CEO. It's an opportunity for lay people, for ordinary folks just like you and me, to get up and share their story uh, about their faith journey, and in particular, you know, about their personal relationship with God. And I, I think that's something that's just very exciting to hear that, you know, many of us, um, you know, we, we go to church regularly, but it's really developing that personal relationship. So I think it's exciting that we have these opportunities to learn from each other uh, on, on ways that we can deepen that relationship. All of our speakers are, uh, they do go before our CEO committee and we make sure that their, their uh, talks are kind of grounded in uh, scripture and Catholic, uh, you know, beliefs and traditions, so we, we kind of vet them that way. And we really have just been very blessed with a, a great group of people who've come up to share their stories. So really the purpose is to answer God's call. You know, Jesus calls all of us to evangelize, you know, which is simply sharing the good news. So this is an opportunity for us to get up here, share the good news, and learn ways that we can do that in our lives. So as we get ready for uh, bringing up our speaker, I always like to just kind of share, connect something with um, kind of maybe where we are in the church year. And so many of you know we celebrated Christ the King today, which is the end of our liturgical year. And we get ready next week to start Advent, which is uh, the beginning of our, our new year and a time of, um, of preparation. And uh, if you haven't grabbed one of the uh, the bulletins, I encourage you to do that. There's a nice little article about uh, Advent and Christ is coming, and it, and it talks about how Advent comes from a Latin word, which means the coming or to come to. And it's really this time where we're getting ready to celebrate Jesus' nativity, his birth, his coming to earth to be with us, but also uh, a chance to celebrate the Eucharist, our way of always connecting with Jesus and having him physically here with us, uh, as well as the second coming of Jesus at the end of time. But I think Advent gives us an opportunity to, you know, to, to kind of be a little bit more sensitive to the ways that God is present in our life all year long. 
And so it's, it's an opportunity that we can take to kind of slow down from the busyness in our lives and really be attentive here in this moment and to notice the way God is with us. Our speaker tonight, she's sharing her faith journey and it really began uh, in the Catholic Church but then led her through different denominations but it brought her back to our root, back to her roots. And I think that returning to the roots, Advent really is about that. It lets us kind of return to our roots. What is our, you know, kind of the foundation of our faith and really an opportunity to make God be a priority uh, in our lives. We're hear about that story and we're gonna hear about how uh, she really reflected on God's presence in her life. And one of the lines that she'll share with us is that God carried me some days and held my hand always. So I think that's a beautiful way of really seeing how God is always with us. So now it is my pleasure to introduce tonight's speaker, Angela Springer. So Angela Springer is originally from North Central Indiana. She had the privilege of receiving all of her sacraments from baptism to marriage at her uh, home parish. That's very exciting. She's been happily married to David for 20 years and they moved here from Connecticut 16 years ago when David took a position with UPS. They've been members of St. Margaret Mary since moving to Louisville, and Angela has been involved with many, many ministries here at our parish, and she particularly loved organizing Thursday morning Bible studies until she started working in the St. Margaret Mary School office about two years ago. She is currently a communion minister, a lector, and serves as the MC for Holy Week. One of her favorite things is coaching Quick Recall for St. Margaret Mary, where she encourages her, her players to appreciate and use the big, beautiful brains that God gave them. Tonight, her mom, Mar uh, Margaret Willison, has joined us, as well as her husband, David, and beautiful children, Ella, who's a freshman at Assumption High School, and Paul, who's seventh grader here at St. Margaret Mary. And on a personal note, I just want to say that when I was new to St. Margaret Mary, and I really didn't know anyone here at the parish, Angela was one of the first people I met who made me feel very, very welcome here. So she's just such a loving, beautiful person. I'm honored to welcome her up here tonight to share her story. So please join me in welcoming Angela Springer. so you can all hear me. Thank you, Lisa. So um, as I was just introduced, I am Angela Springer, and um, I have lived in Louisville for a while now, and I'm considering it home. Um, I grew up in Logansport, Indiana, which is three and a half miles north of here, directly in the middle of northern Indiana, and in the middle of a lot of cornfields. I was raised in a family with one older brother, and very supportive, loving parents. I am blessed. As you just heard, my beautiful mom is here with me tonight. I grew up in a medium-sized town with great friends, and many of them are still my dear friends today. We all feel like our childhoods were wonderful, almost magical, and sometimes I'm sad that I'm not raising my own children in my hometown. <clears throat> This evening, I'm going to talk about my faith journey. First, I'm going to talk about my spirituality 
and how my growth as a Christian and as a Catholic has evolved throughout my life. Secondly, I'm going to talk about the very human part of spirituality. And lastly, I'm going to talk about how I work at keeping my faith strong and part of my everyday world. In sharing with you, I pray that you may be encouraged in your own faith journey. So to begin, as Lisa mentioned, I'm a cradle Catholic. I attended public school, but most Monday nights you would find me in CCD classes, even through middle and high school. I've always liked church and I've liked my faith. As a teenager in high school, I would say that my faith was very important to me, especially after attending a weekend retreat my senior year in high school. It was one of my first spiritual experiences where I realized that God was more than just going to Mass. We sang upbeat songs and clapped our hands. Those things didn't happen in my home parish. I started to learn a bit about God and how He could be a part of my everyday life. He was joyful and He was real. My spiritual journey changed a lot when I went to college at Purdue University. My next door neighbor in the dorm was an amazing Christian. <clears throat> when she asked if I was a Christian, my answer was a very quizzical, well, I'm Catholic. I wasn't completely sure what her question meant. Of course, the typical questions followed from her and a host of other Christian friends about if I was saved and if I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior. It was tough for me. I didn't know what these phrases meant, let alone if they applied to me. I also started a three-year relationship with a great guy whose father was a pastor at a vibrant Protestant evangelical church. I started participating in various Bible studies on campus and I went to Christian fellowship gatherings. My relationship with Christ grew a lot. For my 19th birthday, I asked my parents to buy me a Bible. I grew up in a house with a family Bible, but I had not one that was my own. The interesting thing is I rarely went to Mass that first year at school. I was certainly caught up in a Protestant world where I made sure that, but I still made sure that I got a Catholic Bible. In fact, of all the great friends that I made my freshman year, only a very few were Catholic. And believe me, us Catholics were really struggling to stay Catholic. Two of us even made an appointment and met with one of the priests on campus to seek help with the answers to these many questions about our faith that we kept receiving. The new Bible became a great comfort to me. The wonderful friend that lived next door to me shared verses with me regularly. She would write out a verse and slide it under my door when I was preparing for a big test. She would, had a knack for giving me the verses I needed at the right time. I always marked these verses in my Bible with the date and with her name. That freshman year was now 31 years ago, and I still enjoy those verses, and I can recall what my struggle was when she gave them to me, when I see them in my Bible. One of the best things that happened to my faith is that I started praying. I started talking to the Lord every day, all the time, walking to class, in the shower. The peace that the Lord gave me was such a gift. That peace, that relationship with God is my God, my friend, my confidant. It saw me through lots of fun and wonderful times, but also through some tough times in college. I fell out of my loft of bed 
my second year and crushed some vertebrae in my back. I had to sit out of school the rest of that semester to heal. I switched majors almost three years into college, and that awesome relationship with the preacher's son ended after three years. They were big struggles for me. God stayed with me. He carried me some days, and he held my hand always. I also made a few more Catholic friends along the way, and I finally started going back to Mass, and regularly. I found wonderful comfort in the familiarity of Mass and knowing God. God brought me home to his church. When I was stressed or worried, I would go to St. Tom's on campus to pray in the chapel in between classes. On Good Friday, I skipped the bars and went to church with some of my Catholic friends. I was home, and it felt warm and wonderful. <clears throat> After I graduated, I moved to Oklahoma City, and I started going to church with a Lutheran friend. Then I moved to Catalina Island out in the Pacific Ocean near California, and I got involved with a Protestant Bible study. I also became friends with a Jehovah Witness, and I even went to several of those meetings. I still went to Mass, and I would say rarely might be an exaggeration of how often I went to Mass. I did go with the Protestants on a women's retreat for a weekend. As you can see, I was back to kind of my wandering ways. I do have to say that I know a little bit about almost every Christian denomination. After three years of wandering, spiritually and geographically, I moved back home to Indiana and began working professionally at Purdue. I was thrilled to be back home in Indiana and able to attend my vibrant campus parish. I was done with those faith travels. It was a crazy journey, but God was always with me. God blessed me with one of my greatest blessings in 1995. I was 28 years old when David Springer walked into my office and asked me out. Though not a Catholic, David was the one. He went to Mass with me. We had a wonderful experience in marriage prep. My large campus parish had an amazing program for interfaith couples. We attended no less than 10 sessions in preparation for our marriage. One class was on the mass. There were probably 30 couples present, and the priest spent a lot of time with us and walked us through every aspect of the mass, and he even began with the holy water at the entrance to the churches. I loved this. I was falling in love with my church, and I was learning so very much. I started realizing that even though I was a devout Christian all these years, there's still a lot for me to learn about my home, my Catholic Church. And now I'm going to tell you about the human part of this spirituality and how it just keeps getting in the way of being a great Christian. So as you have heard, going to church has always been a part of my life. I've had times of amazing faith in my life, and I've had times when I searched and I wondered. I always knew that God was with me, but I am very human. I easily fall into that trap that I can do this on my own. Really relying on God to lead us can be frustrating. Sometimes his timeline is so very different than ours. Sometimes what I want isn't even on God's agenda. Often I get so ridiculously busy in the worldly things 
of working and laundry and staying up with the kids' activities, trying to check things off that to-do list, that my relationship with God doesn't even get on the list. I know that he wants me to rely on him. He wants to be my father. Just like an earthly father, he treasures me and wants me to confide in him. He appreciates my praise, and he really wants me to know him. A verse from the Bible that really speaks to me is in 1 Peter chapter 5. So humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all of your worries upon him because he cares for you. Really speaks to us, doesn't it? So married life has been great. We've been blessed with two beautiful children and everything we need in life. My faith is strong, but my spirituality had a wonderful awakening in the last eight years. My awesome Methodist husband became a Catholic. And some of you may know Brother Silas Henderson. He came to work at St. Margaret Mary in 2010. I met him, and before long, he asked me to work in the parish office and coordinate First Reconciliation, First Communion, and run Vacation Bible School. <clears throat> the Vacation Bible School part really scared me. I had had some health issues that prior year. I had no intention of adding stress to my life. I was confident that I was not going to take this on. Brother Silas told me he wanted me to pray about it and to let him know the following Tuesday. As you can clearly see, my thoughts were all about me and what I wanted and what I thought would work for me. That Sunday, Father John spoke about saying yes to the Lord. We say, yes, my Lord, at Mass. Really? Are you kidding me? On Tuesday morning, the day that I was to give Brother Silas my answer, I called my husband at work, and I told him that I was still not going to take that job, despite the experience with Father John at Mass and the whole singing, yes, my Lord. I wasn't doing it. A few hours later, I took my friend's children to a movie. This is a Lutheran family that's a former neighbor. When I arrived at her house, she was telling me how awesome their vacation Bible school had been. She was telling me all about the amazing music. She hands me a CD, tells me to put it in the van, that her kids would love to hear that music on the way to the movies. And I don't think I even spoke. I just sat there and looked at her. I got in the car and I said, really, God, aren't you being bold? <laughs> Using my friend to speak to me like this about Vacation Bible School. When I left her house, I wept. I knew what I had to do. I had to say, yes, my Lord. I called Brother Silas and I told him I was in. I never consulted with my earthly advisors, my mom or David. Sometimes this whole human thing just gets in the way. Sometimes we have to stop thinking about what we want and start listening to how God is leading us. It didn't take long in that new position to learn that God was completely in charge. He had blessed me with the skills to do the job, but church work 
It's a lot more about God's kingdom and flock than it is about me and my skills. With saying yes to the position, I began an amazing spiritual journey of doing what God wanted me to do. He wants us to say yes. He wants us to use the talents he gave us to grow his kingdom. And when we are doing this, he makes it work. It is beautiful. In every step of this new job, God led me. Organizing First Communion is a lot of work. It is overwhelming what all has to be done the day of First Communion. We really can't set up that Saturday morning until the 815 Mass is over, but people start arriving by 9 a.m., so you can see there's a very short window in here. We put a runner down the front aisle here, and that's very important to all those children with their footprints. I desperately, desperately needed someone in jeans to come and crawl on the floor and tape that runner down that morning. Um, everyone in the audience would have been dressed clothes, including me. I couldn't think of anyone to help me. I, 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 I can't find them. I don't know who they are. The evening before First Communion, my husband and I went to a Y Catholic meeting. A lovely couple with children in high school sat across from us. They asked how things were going, and I mentioned that First Communion was the next day, and I had been very busy with organizing it. I didn't mention a single word about what I needed. The lovely woman looked at me square in the eye and said, do you need any help? We can easily come in the morning. If you don't mind, we'd have to wear jeans because we're planning to do yard work. I cried. Even before I answered her, I cried and I looked up and said, thank you, God. She had no idea that she was answering my prayers. God brought her to me. I, me, my ridiculous human self that had nothing to do with this blessing. It was all God and another one of his reminders that he was in charge. This amazing gift of God bringing people to me before I even asked in formal prayer was endless. And putting together Vacation Bible School, I can remember sitting in Mass, looking around, Mass after Mass, looking around and saying to God, who are these people that you are going to bring to me? How will I find them? They always came, the unique ones. When I needed an older person for a particular skit, when I needed people that were theatrical and could act, whatever unique skill I needed, they all became apparent to me. And they all said yes, every one of them. Every time I asked, yes, every time. There he was, guiding me, giving me more direction than I could ever imagine. I continued to grow <clears throat> in my relationship with God. I continue to trust him. I find myself learning more about my faith every day. I make it a priority, but it's not easy. Life draws us away from God, yet he wants to, us to draw closer. I find that when life is going well, when things seem easy, and I'm at my happiest, and it's then that I think, I've got this, ultimately, I end up pulling away from God, back to this human thing. We simply start feeling we don't need him. 
When things are good, we take ownership of those good fortunes. The good things that happen are because of our hard work or our intelligence or our personality, and we aren't so willing to give that, that praise to God. But it is during the tough times, the times that bring you to your knees, that you don't know what to do. Those are the times that we all seek God. I think the real challenge in most people's journey, the real challenge of being a Christian, the real challenge of walking with Christ, is to do it every day. Lastly, I'm now going to talk about how I work at keeping my spirituality strong and a part of my everyday world. I try to let God in every day. I praise him for the beautiful trees in the fall. I praise him for the beautiful bright flowers in the spring. These are ways to stay close to God. I know it sounds odd because those are things that we take for granted, but I encourage you to not take them for granted. I think God wants us to thank him. When I thank him for, when I thank him for these things, I feel closer to him. And it helps me feel like a child of God, a happy, appreciative child of God. A couple of verses from the Bible that help me understand how much God would like for all of us to appreciate the beauty in this world is from the book of Genesis. The first one's in chapter one. God looked at everything he had made and found it very good. Evening came and the morning followed the sixth day. Also in Genesis chapter two, out of the ground, the Lord God made grow every tree that was delightful to look at and good for food and good for the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God truly wants us to appreciate and love the beautiful work and the beautiful world that he has created for us. My talk today is not how great I am at this. It's really about how I'm not very great at it at all. I continue to struggle with being in charge, but I also know that it's only in letting God lead our lives that we get the opportunity to truly be a child of Christ. When my dad passed away a few years ago, it was very hard. God was so with me. At his funeral, I stood in the back of the church behind his casket with his many nieces and nephews who had flown in from all over the United States to be there. And I just kept saying in my head over and over again, I can't do this. I can't bury my, God, my dad. Be with me, Lord. Be with me and help me. The dear Lord gave me a wonderful gift during that Mass. Gave me peace. At any Mass, I always try to sing, though I probably shouldn't. And when I'm upset, just tears come. I know many of you are mad with me when I have stuff on my mind and I'll just cry during the songs. Poor Rosie Bartley, I don't know how she gets through it. I'm always looking at her crying. But during that mass, God truly gave me peace. And I was so at peace that I sang loudly and clearly. Losing a parent you adore is so very difficult, but God truly led me through that very difficult grieving process. God's peace is truly a gift, and it brings such healing. Spirituality encompasses so many different things. When I think of spirituality in my own life, I think of joining closer to God. One thing I do when I really need to join closer to God is centering prayer. I sit quietly with God 
for 10 minutes and just ask Jesus to come into my heart. It's not active prayer, it's presence prayer, being present to God so he can be with me. I also try to see the good in others. I'm very human, as you know, so this is not always easy. God knows my heart, and he knows who I struggle with. I have found God laughing at me so many times. He often puts me standing in a slow-moving line with those that I don't think I like. Or sometimes even, I might even have a reason to, to really not like them. But God presents me, these tough people, to me again and again and again. It's amazing on the other side of those experiences how my opinions have changed. God has an amazing sense of humor, and he shows it to me quite often. It makes me giggle. I often look up in the sky and say, I know God, you're helping me grow. You want me to see the good in this person? And usually I do. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful gift. We all know that one of the hardest commandments to follow is the one also of the greatest commandments. From the book of Mark, chapter 12, one of the scribes, when he came forward and heard them disputing and saw how well he had answered them, asked him, which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, the first is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. I also ask God to help ease my fears on a regular basis. After the school shooting in Connecticut a few years ago, I had a difficult time watching my my children walk into the school in the morning. I was so fearful that I wouldn't see them at the end of the day. At that time, I had been blessing them every morning for a few years, but the blessing took on new meaning. Now, as I lay my hand on each of their heads, I ask God to please protect them, to help them have a happy day, and to keep them safe, and for them to have joy. I have to trust that God will be with them. It has become an amazing, calming moment for the children and I each morning that they start their school day. Scripture is also very helpful and comforting to me in, in my spirituality. During the Bible studies that I've been involved with over the years here at St. Margaret Mary, I find wonderful joy in running across the scriptures that I had marked in my Bible so many years ago from my friend that lived next door. It's a wonderful comfort to me to know that God is truly speaking to me. He is speaking to each of us every day. He's inviting us to walk a spiritual life with him. We just need to listen and trust and say, yes, my Lord, more often. saying yes and serving all of us here in the beautiful ways that you do. So thank you very, very much for that. So 
We usually like to give you all a little challenge, something to take away with you for the evening. And uh, Angela, your talk was just ripe with so many, so many things there. I, I, I loved how you talk about prayer and the role of prayer and pray without ceasing. Uh, I loved how you talked about taking that time to listen, to listen to the Lord and to say yes. I mean, that's oftentimes it's putting our own need to side and what we want and being able to, to, to say yes. And uh, I loved also how you talked about being thankful. You know, oftentimes for me, my prayer life can be a lot of asking, you know, dear Lord, can you give me this? You know, and it's really such a beautiful reminder to, you know, if I can wake up and put my feet on the ground with a big thank you and, and see that, to see the beauty in our world around us and, and, and all the gifts that God gives us. So, you know, last month we talked a little bit about, we challenged you, you know, can you, uh, you know, as a faithful people, can you serve God? Can you go out and evangelize? Can you help someone else draw closer, closer to Christ and, and deepen your relationship? So I think, you know, this month we'd like to challenge you in, in what Angela has pointed out to us, you know, and I think especially in this beautiful season of Advent that we're moving into, you know, can we use this opportunity to really make God the priority in our life? Can we slow down? Can we find that time to start the day with prayer, uh, to, to say yes, and just to be open, and to really fill our hearts with, you know, the thankfulness of, of what God has given us, you know, what better gift can we have than the, than the gift of his son as we get ready to celebrate that? So, um, Angela, thank you again for just so many beautiful little uh, gifts and jewels in, in your talk and inspiring us to start Advent in that way and saying, you know, the big message of saying yes, Lord. So thank you, Angela. So in closing, uh, we a couple of little things. We will not have a December CEO event. Uh, again, in vein of Advent and all the activities and, and reflections we have happening, we want you to focus on that and time with family. But we do have a big CEO event happening January 15th. We've been talking about this for the past couple months, so hopefully you got your flyer. We have Archbishop Kurtz coming to share his faith story. So I hope you all will be able to join us for that uh, and bring your friends and family, and we hope that we'll get other folks in parishes and we'll fill the place here for, for Archbishop Kurtz. So that's January 15th, so please mark your calendars. We hope to see you all then. And as always, we like to end our evening with some fellowship in the hospitality room. So we invite you to join us there. We have some cookies and refreshment and an opportunity to kind of reflect on the messages Angela uh, shared with us and maybe uh, you know, talk about ways that we can start the Advent and challenge each other that way. So again, Angela, thank you for your very inspirational talk, and thank you to all of you for taking the time to be here and to share with us. We just appreciate this, and please continue your prayer for uh, support of CEO. We, we love um, being able to offer this to you all, and uh, those prayers help to attract wonderful speakers to share their stories. So we'll see you over in the hospitality room, and we look forward to seeing you on January 15th. And until then, enjoy Advent and keep saying yes. Thank you all.